0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 24th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Without legislative action, the FDA will have the power to levy criminal penalties against restaurants that do not publicly post certain nutritional information about their menus. Who benefits? Large chains and other sellers of heavily processed, heavily standardized foods. Ike Brannan is co-author of a new regulation magazine article,
1: The Menu Labeling Morass. We spoke this week. There's a menu labeling rule. Uh that would take effect as of December 1st and that would require all restaurants and uh, restaurant-like establishments. Uh, Think about your local deli, Uh, a convenience store that uh, might sell some uh, sandwiches made on premises. All of those things would have to be labeled in some way. Um, And it sounds like, well, this is a relatively straightforward thing. Well, not necessarily. You start thinking about how a deli operates, and uh, you know, my local deli makes uh, thousands of different combinations of sandwiches. You can pick your own, uh, your own meat, your own uh, toppings, your own bread, whatever. And so, how precisely you label the calories for this particular each particular item is is somewhat complicated, and uh, and so they've been spending a couple of years trying to figure out precisely how to convey to us. All the right information that we supposedly need in order to make our informed decisions about how to spend our calories usefully.
0: I'm thinking about the first lady among others who are – say they're very interested in getting people to eat healthier and I'm also imagining that if you're a low-income person and you want to eat a lot of fresh food uh, that may have been prepared for you that day, does it complicate
1: that decision to try to eat better? There's two different things going on here. The first is that, um, you know, my colleague uh, and co-author Sam Batkins argues is that it's going to make it more costly for some entities to offer fresh things. Um, uh, If you're preparing things on premises and certain types of salads, say, um, you've got to figure out how to label those things, and it's not the easiest thing in the world. And uh, the penalties seem a bit draconian to me. the threat of jail time is mentioned in the rule for not labeling these things correctly. So um, you could see a situation whereby certain establishments, maybe fast food places or places where this is just kind of on the margin, something that they do, uh, those places saying to heck with it. We're just going to sell uh, prepackaged goods, which, I mean, the first lady's probably right. that You know, it's better to have fresh things than prepackaged things. To me, the biggest problem with the rule is that this whole labeling thing might have been the most harmful thing we've done um, in, in terms of uh, people's eating habits in the last 50 years. And here's, here's the big problem I have with labeling in general, not just the move to labeling restaurants, uh, but also labeling in general. Um, there's an implicit nudge in how we label food to push us away from eating foods that contain saturated fats. Uh, most of the saturated fats that the typical American takes in are, are in, uh, in meats. And you think, well, isn't that a, isn't that a wonderful thing? Well, it's not. It, it turns out that in the last 10 or 15 years, we figured out that um, kind of a balanced diet, the healthiest diet you can have, if, especially if you want to keep your weight steady, is to eat a lot of uh, relatively uh, more meat and fruits and vegetables and salads and a lot less carbohydrates what did the food labeling do? It pushed people away from eating meat and towards eating sugar and carbohydrates. Uh, you know, There was a really popular uh, snack food in the 1990s uh, that I remember, Snackwell's, it was a cookie. Um, it wasn't particularly a tasty cookie, but people, uh, you know, kind of a substandard Oreo, I think. Uh, but people got flocked to it because it had relatively low saturated fats. It wasn't any better for you than the typical Oreos, but it was—it had more sugar and less fat, right? So it looked like, oh, I'm, I'm eating less fat. If you're kind of tallying up some mental uh, list of how much saturated fat, you could have more of these cookies than anything else. So this is a horrible thing that we've foisted on the American people without really knowing enough to, to go forward with this. And now before we fix this, we're going to expand it. There are uh, a lot of food fads that
0: capture the popular imagination for uh, a long time period. Uh, Most recently, there are a lot of people, a lot of my friends who eat paleo, which may or may not be the right way to do it. But it seems that uh, when governments get involved in setting particular rules, they get often captured by what eventually reveals itself to be a fad which is to say eat lots of eat lots of whole grains, don't eat salt. Uh, cholesterol is a big problem. don't eat a lot of that and then that gets sort of frozen into dietary advice that lasts sometimes long after we've discovered that maybe that advice wasn't very good to begin with
1: right I mean when I think that's exactly right Caleb. I mean you think you know in the early 1990s is under the George HW Bush administration when we first did standardized food labeling. And one of the things the FDA came out with is eggs are bad. You need to limit your intake of eggs. This is a terrible thing. And um, recently the FDA finally said, hey, are bad. It turns out that eggs are really, really healthy for you and the cholesterol that supposedly eggs have isn't really bad for you and that there's no connection at all that anyone can find between egg consumption and high cholesterol and and heart disease. And so in the last couple of months – they have dropped their uh, warning about about eating too many eggs. But if you look at the food labeling that they have right now, it's not reflected in that at all. It's still this whole thing that saturated fat is implicitly bad.
0: There is this presumption, I think, that, that in choosing calories as the end-all, be-all of nutrition information, which is apparently what they're doing, this calorie is the most prominent piece of information. As you note, it's a nudge. But it's a nudge to value some information over other pieces of information.
1: Yes, I, I think that's exactly right. You know, I've uh, I, I've had this ongoing relationship for with uh, the, the, the people at Cato for ten or fifteen years, and we've had this friendly debate on behavioral economics um, for a long time. And in general, I I am somewhat supportive of, of behavioral economics, and and I think um, you know my thought is that my argument is that. Um, Even when we say we don't want to provide some kind of nudge, a nudge is often inevitable. And instead of saying, pretending there is no nudge, let's have a rational discussion about what the nudge is. There is a nudge that's provided in the food labeling. It's a big nudge, and the nudge is besides the nudge against keeping your calories down, the nudge is to stay away from saturated fats. That is not the nudge we want to provide people. And who are the people who are most susceptible to this nudge? It's the low-income people who maybe don't quite understand, don't read the New York Times every day, they don't understand the the, the virtues of the paleo diet. They don't understand that uh, eating relatively uh, uh, more meat and, and less uh, carbohydrates is a good thing. And we're pushing them to do the exact opposite of, of what the rest of us are doing. I think it's, it's harmful and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's condescending.
0: Now, there is an effort uh, recently announced House lawmakers are trying to delay implementation of this rule. It's uh, been inserted into a funding bill for the FDA. And as you noted earlier, the, the rule absent uh, some sort of change would go into effect December 1st, what kinds of restaurants are going to be most negatively impacted if this rule is allowed to go into effect?
1: That's, that's a good question, Caleb. And um, basically, the big chain restaurants um, are fine with it uh, for two reasons. A lot of them, like McDonald's, already have something more or less like this. And uh, if you have four or 5,000 restaurants. The cost per restaurant is relatively low for you, but it's much higher for your mom and pop competitor. So, um, kind of the big entities in this thing have been uh, fine, which is one of the re- with this, which is one of the reasons why um, something that I think has angered quite a few uh, uh, libertarians has, uh, and normally would anger uh, certain people in the business community, kind of slipped right through.
0: A lot of my friends are foodies. I like to think of myself in that category. Maybe I'm not but it seems that if you own a restaurant where you're engaging in a lot of experimentation and you're the you're the man behind the
1: the cooking uh it seems like this could be very costly for you as well so i i think i think that's right i'm uh, i'm probably the opposite of a foodie i i take more than half my meals at my local uh, my local deli um i i think trying for them trying to figure out Exactly how they're going to label all these things is, is kind of daunting. Um, and, and to be fair, I'm not sure that the, the people who have written the rule have quite figured this out. It looks like what they're going to do is if you have some kind of uh, salad bar, they're going to just label the various items. Um, for the sandwiches, they'll have a label of, uh, you know, some, make you label exactly how much all your uh, ingredients, uh, how many calories they have. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's far from, from incomplete. You know, when I, when I go to my, uh, to Loeb's Deli just down the street from the Cato Institute, um, you know, my special order involves, you know, not, not quite so much uh, onions, but a lot more uh, lettuce and tomatoes and stuff like that. Um, but, of course, the big joke is that nobody there really cares about, about this. It's just one more hassle that these people have to go through. Another couple thousand dollars you're going to have to pay for to put up some kind of sign that, that nobody's going to look at.
0: Ike Brannan is a senior fellow with the George W. Bush Institute and president of Capital Policy Analytics in Washington. His regulation article, The Menu Labeling Morass, is available at Cato.org.